You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about a sad game, a sad game for Auburn, the Georgia 2020 game. And uh, Auburn came up well short in this game, 27-6. to It was uh, probably one of the poorest performances, uh, and Gus said it. All fans saw it. All the players felt it. It, it just felt like we were not firing at all and on any cylinders at all. Um, Jared, how, how did you do surviving this game? Um, I mean, yeah, uh, I survived, it, <laughs> but it was not, it wasn't fun. It wasn't pretty. I mean, I, there was a moment in the, uh, in the first quarter, I thought about turning the game off. Wow. Uh, yeah. Then I realized I had to do this show and I said, I guess I got to watch it. <laughs> But I, I've been to I've been to this dance. I've seen this rodeo, and you could tell just the way it was setting up mm-hmm. um, that it was that's the type of game it was going to be. Yeah, and fortunately, I guess for me, I was actually at a friend's wedding, and my friend was a big UGA fan. Uh, now, who gets married on the, like a big game like this? Yeah, come on. But you know, yeah, whatever. I mean, if anything, I'm glad he got married, but I'm sad I. Well, actually, I am kind of glad I did. I missed this game because I didn't get to watch it live. I kind of was watching it via my phone, and after the fact, knew we were going to lose. So I came in watching it this afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and knowing we weren't going to perform well, and that actually kind of helped, even though it was very tough to watch. Um, I mean, there there just wasn't a whole lot of things that we did well. I mean, the best thing was Anders or Tank Bigsby. Besides that, I mean, there there wasn't a whole bunch of positive. And that's kind of uh, frustrating when uh, George has done that a lot to Auburn. I mean, uh-huh. you, you talked about it, Jared, last week. The monkey on Auburn's back with Georgia. I mean, it is so big. I mean, like, I, I'd say it's like Godzilla size at this point <laughs> on Gus's shoulders. <laughs> Man, I used to be mad at people that had weddings during football. Next year, I'm probably going to, like, crash somebody's wedding during the Auburn-Georgia game. <laughs> So I don't have to watch it. Um, it's yeah, it's not good. But, and, you but know, the I mean, next one will be at home. So yeah, we didn't win last year at home. I mean, I we looked Fair. we looked we looked as bad last year until the fourth quarter as we did this year. We just yeah, we got it clicking in the fourth quarter. But um, I don't know. I mean, you know, the monkey you mentioned it. I mean, these things happen. I just hate they're happening right now. I mean, you know, Georgia dealt with this with Florida. It was probably might have even been a worse uh, situation. Um, and I'm not knocking them. It's just an example of how these things happen. They were able to finally get past that, and now they kind of handle that series right now. So I just – I don't know. I just don't – with Kirby there, he's got our number on defense, and uh, it's tough, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was honestly thinking going into this, Bo Nix wasn't going to get rattled. The team was going to start playing 
well against Georgia and in a, another big game away crowd. Um, and, and they seem to be pretty loud. I mean, I, I mean, they, they were a lot louder than I would have suspected. Um, but maybe that was just the TV piping it in more. I don't know, but I feel like that definitely played a role in how, how the players played at least. Do you, do you agree with that or you disagree? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, they they were they were a loud crowd, but you know, we've gone to Athens and it's been ninety two thousand. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, but when you start the game out with two false starts, that's when I almost turned the game off. I'm like, mm. I've uh, seen this before. I mean, you can't go start the, you can't play a team like Georgia, and you you got to be perfect essentially. Yeah, near perfect um, for sure. Y- yeah, you can't be having penalties like that, and um, you know. It just uh, was not our night and hadn't been our night with them very often in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a funny joke just mentioning about the night, and I think it was uh, Auburn Elvis. He tweeted this. He was like, so I guess we like our 11 o'clock start times now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did. Yeah. it's Yeah. 7.30 didn't pan out. Let's go back to 11 o'clock. So. Right. I don't know, man. It just not. There's not a. Yeah. it's it was a, It was a tough night for an Auburn fan. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I just go back to it it being a road game and it seems to be kind of the trend for Auburn having issues on the road. I mean, I I don't know. I wasn't expecting it with only having probably what 18,000 fans or whatever that was in, in, uh, in, in Athens at the point, like, but what happened? I mean, do you have any idea why, why our team just looks so discombobulated at times? I, you know, usually I was excited to get Georgia early. I think with Chad Morris and a whole new offensive line, we that's probably was not a good thing. I was like, I wanted to change things up and see what we could do and catch them early too. And they got new offensive line and everything, and I get that. But I'm going to tell you, man, we went in there and we were trying to, I mean, we thought we were going to be able to block them because we were trying to run some deep routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays were taking too long to develop. And you can't do that. I mean, not. I mean, not with that brand new group uh, going up against Georgia's defensive line. I would have loved to have seen some quick hitters, not screens. I don't care if we do some of those. I'm talking like slant routes, quick out routes, get Bo in a rhythm, get a couple first downs, get to moving fast. We did none of that, mm. and I just did not like the game plan. Yeah, I mean, I think that might have been one of our biggest criticisms is where where was um, the middle kind of intermediate routes that we had seen in our first game against Kentucky. And where did that go essentially? I mean, where did the screen routes, I mean, we did throw some screens. I mean, I give them that and some of them were effective, but when we're, when it seemed like we were just throwing screens or the long ball and that's about it. And and obviously our run game, we only had 39 yards rushing the whole game that's not going to win you a football game, especially against Georgia. No. Um, I mean, listen, uh, it, listen, it was not going to be easy. Georgia's defense is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but they are beatable. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not the steel curtain or anything. So, and we have athletes um, and we have a good quarterback. So I just don't think we put Bo in a good position and Bo made a lot of mistakes himself. This is not mm-hmm. all on the coaches, but I don't think we put him in a good position from the start. And that thing snowballs. You know, if you you want to get him some good quick passes, some good quick rhythm stuff, get some confidence going. And honestly, with the O line, until we know how good they are, that should be our plan. It should be some quick hitters. And I, I, 
somebody's going to have to explain to me why we do not run shorts over the middle and, and just see if he can take off. Um, right. That's one-on-one stuff. We're trying to get him on these screens, which is great. But if people don't block, you got four DBs there tackling him at the line of scrimmage. So mm-hmm. get him out in space, get him one-on-one, run a slant route, and see what he can do. And and that's the type of stuff we should have been doing in my mind. But, I mean, I sell insurance for a living and was <laughs> sitting on the couch. So these guys are smarter than me. But that's what I would have done. Yeah. And maybe they were thinking, we got the, the fastest athletes out there. They should be able to do it. They should be able to outmatch them. But... I mean, when you're when you're literally talking about, I mean, the joke was Kirby Smart made fun of Gus over the last week, essentially saying Gus or Gus said, you know, George's got a great talented team, and Kirby was like, "Why is he just saying coach speak?" Well, because he has the best talent. I mean, he's number one recruiting class last year. So, I mean, this is kind of like you know the talent level of Georgia going in, and you're trying to match find your matchups. What are the best matchups for Auburn against the Georgia athletes out there? And they might have down on paper figured some stuff out, but come game time, some of that just was not working. Um, And they did some adjustments, started moving the ball, but we still didn't even get a touchdown. And and when you don't get a touchdown, that's – that's that's just a complete fail. Well, let's talk offense. about okay. Let's talk about that. So I will put this squarely on the coach. We got down in the in the red zone um, at least once or twice, and we're running sweeps with Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, listen, Bo Nix is good if he needs to run or Absolutely. keeping a zone read sometimes to keep him honest. You're not going to run a jet sweep with Bo Nix and score. I mean, I, I that just. Right. Unless they saw something in the Arkansas game, but Arkansas didn't score a lot, so it's not like they were seeing. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. That was that was play calling. Um, I don't know. You getting me fired up? But I saw yeah. those plays. I'm like, what are we doing? I mean, that's if you're gonna do that, put Wildcat. I mean, I don't I don't like the Wildcat, but if you're gonna do that, put a running back or somebody back there. Um, yeah. Plus, you're gonna get Bo killed. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Yeah, you can't do that, especially in the year of COVID when you got not only real injuries, but then also uh, COVID positive tests takes the guy out. I mean, you got a lot riding on the quarterback. And and if you uh, have Bo go out because he got injured on a running play like that, I mean, man, that is just not, it's not a good look. It's not Um, a good look. And, and listen, there were times, listen, uh, all right, back to giving Chad some props that he drew up a play that did get uh, Schwartz past the DBs and everything and mm -hmm. Bo overthrew him. And if he catches that, it's a touchdown. So, you know, uh, not everything was on Chad. Not everything was on Bo. Not everything was on the O-line. None of it worked (laughs) together. Um, But I just don't, I think we could have put the team in a better position, um, Here's what I think they were afraid of, and then I'll be quiet. I'll let you talk a little more. But I think they were afraid we can't march down the field on Georgia, and it is very tough to do. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to do quick hitter, quick hit screen, 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 quick hitter, screen, 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 quick hitter. But after that's not working for two quarters, you gotta you gotta try something else. I and mean, that's did. actually no, that's a good thought. Uh, thinking that we can't drive down the field eighty yards or whatever we we have and score a touchdown, we're gonna have to do the explosive plays, which uh, I mean, in the off season, that was the uh, kind of uh, buzzword from Auburn's offense. It's going to be explosive with Chad Morris. I I've seen a couple explosive plays, obviously. Um, I mean, especially in our first game, we had some big catches, Um, but that that's not 
that's not going to win you a football game unless you have consistency with those big explosive plays. And we didn't. I mean, we did. Considering, considering, I mean, I, I look at this stat, and Auburn usually is pretty decent on first downs. Our first downs efficiency, we were we only averaged 1.7 yards on first down plays. You can't win a game when you're only getting less than two yards per play. And George is getting seven yards per play um, on first downs. You're not going to win. I mean, it's just you're not moving down the field. And you got to go for those big plays, which maybe was their thought. We have to go for these big plays. But, I mean, at some point you got to also put together some good drives that run and do different things. I, I mean, I, listen, I, I don't mean to start anything here, but that, that looked like a that looked like a Gus offense. And I know it's not Gus's offense. I'm not even trying to say it is. It's Chad's. But that looked very Gus-esque from the past few years. And the thing that Gus could not grasp, in my opinion, over the past few years was that stuff worked great when we had Sammy Coates and all that, and we were running down people's throats. And, I mean, it was wide open. Mm-hmm. We have not been running the ball very well the past two years. And so you can't – that play action to go deep, it, they're not fooled by that. They're not even having to come down to help on the run. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we blew George out because we hit Slayton deep. You know, they could, they had to come down to help with the carry-on. We hit Slayton. We had a few other plays deep when we blew them out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not having to do that. I mean, they're basically stopping the run with the basic formation. So I don't know what's going on with the run. I personally think over the past few years we've gotten away from it too soon. I realize it wasn't booming and humming and wasn't great. But I feel like we like try it once, and then we don't do it again for ten plays mm-hmm. uh, in big games. And maybe I don't, I'm wrong. I don't know the stats, but I feel like we also just don't try it long enough. Yeah, no, you got a point. I mean, sometimes running the ball. Uh, I'm just thinking about the classic Alabamas and Georgias, even Auburn teams of the past. You run the ball for a half, three quarters, and then you just tire out the opponent's defensive line, and that's when the gashing really starts to happen on the run game. But if you don't do that in the first half to three quarters of the game, you're not going to get those big explosive plays at the end of the game when it's the game's on the line. Um, and I kind of agree. I mean, a lot of it seemed to be that we just kind of went away from it. And maybe that's Chad Morris's offense. But if it is, I hope Gus comes in and says, Chad, this is my team, first off. You're my offensive coordinator. We need to add more running and consistent running. Um, to keep it balanced, I mean, if you're looking at the the number, 177 yards passing to 39 yards rushing, that says we're just passing the ball so much, and they can just essentially play for pass, uh, and they don't have to defend the run nearly as much. Um, and, and if you if a team's looking at that from a scouting report, uh, I mean, they they can probably just match up against Seth Williams and any uh, wide receivers and. Make sure a guy's got the running back out of the backfield. And, I mean, yeah, and answer me. The team covered. AJ, I don't I Listen, I don't even try to pretend to understand, you know, how offensive linemen block and what you should and shouldn't do. But I thought about this. So in 2017, when we dominated Georgia, I mean, we just shut them down. They couldn't mm-hmm. run the ball at all in, in Auburn. And so what they did was is they started going tall sweep in Atlanta and we couldn't stop it. And mm. I don't. We've never really gone tall sweep. And I know we don't get under center, but I feel like every we try to just ram it down people's throats. And to me, there are other ways to run. And I feel yeah. like we haven't tried anything different for two years. Now, again, I don't fully understand this. 
so um, enough to be dangerous. But I just feel like we there are other ways to run the ball, and we are not doing any of those, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got a point, and we did something kind of similar. Now it comes down to, uh, as, as a pass you know, on the stat sheet, but it's those where we'd uh, have Anthony Schwartz kind of do the fake sweep, and then you just do a quick screen to him as he's running. That's to me about the same kind of play. Like you get your guy out as quick as possible out to the sideline and give them space. Um, and we did that, I think, even with Tank a couple times where you may, you, you may get him out there. Has our screen essentially replaced our running game? I thought that yesterday. I'm like, are, I we, mean, are we not even try Like, because we don't really attempt running like we did in the past. Uh, that may have been what they were going after. I mean, it kind of seemed like it. I mean, if you, I wonder if you take all of those screen plays and put them. Um, as running, it may look to be more of an, a balanced offense on, on down on paper. But obviously, it, when we're passing the ball a lot of times behind the scrimmage to those, it, it just is tough. Like, it's tough to get the offense going unless you just have the Anthony Schwartz that can get 10, 15 yards down the, down, down the field. Um, so, I don't yeah. know. I mean... I think we underestimated Ryan Davis too. I mean, Schwartz is mm-hmm. uh, Schwartz is fantastic, and he's straight ahead speed. But Ryan Davis was hit, take the screen passes, and make people juke, and you know, take it to the house. So I, uh, you know, it's um, everything that worked in 2017 has not worked since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think the number one thing here is offensive line. I mean, yep. we we beat this drum a million times, but somebody pulled together stats of the stars of. Georgia's offensive lines and Auburn's offensive lines. Auburn is a bunch of three, maybe a four star and a two star. And that, that, you know, averages out to be about a three star. You look at Georgia offensive line, they're essentially recruiting from the same number of players from the area since they're only a, you know, a few hundred miles away from each other. And yet Georgia is able to get these huge offensive linemen that essentially give Georgia the benefit of the run game and just consistency in the run game. And I I think that's another one of maybe my critiques of this is not just this year, but the the run game and recruiting for the offensive line. You can't just get the, the athletes. I mean, that's what I felt like we, we do a lot of times is just get the athletes, which I love. I mean, absolutely get the best athletes out there, but you also need the big uglies and, highly rated big uglies to get this run game going. Uh, you can't just necessarily put a bunch of three stars together and say, go beat some four and five star defensive linemen. Uh, it may work, but a lot of times they're going to beat you just based on pure talent. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, am I like, does that make sense? It's kind of, oh, I, I'm thinking more on recruiting. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, yeah, we, we, <sighs> With the beds, the only thing I could think of is we did that for about two or three years on offensive line recruiting, and I don't know where we were or what we were doing. We just thought it would be okay. I think we might have gotten a little complacent, thinking, oh, well, we're just going to make this work. This offense is good enough. Um, no. I mean, Gus's offense and anybody's works <laughs> works with a good offensive line. Now, I think we've corrected it. I think we have a pretty good 2020 group coming in, or 2021, whatever whenever they're coming in mm-hmm. um we got a couple of i think four star and some five stars that are looking at us but you're right um it all comes down to that listen alabama i said it last time i'll say it again until Tua got there they had game management quarterbacks 
they had Julio. He was a great receiver, but they didn't really have another great one until Calvin Ridley, and now they got tons. But for about six years there, all they did was have a better offensive line and better defensive line than you, and they yep. wore you down. And by the end of the game, the score looked pretty, you know, big. But f- honestly, going into the fourth, it could go either way, and they just wore it by down. That is what George is doing right now. Um, I'm not knocking them whatsoever. I wish we could do it. I envy it. Um, but they basically had a game management quarterback, and all they did was just bam, 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 run, ran it down our throat, could do nothing about it. They did nothing fancy. And you look up, and it's 27 to 6. Mm-hmm. And most of those came in the first half. I mean, and, and then you start talking about, okay, cool, they, they slowed them down in the second half. Enough to potentially, if our offense gets into gear, to make it a decent game. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. But I think that that brings up something I wanted to talk about with you, Jared. So 24 points and, and you're down 21 at half. Um, that's, that's tough to come back from when you're in Athens or anywhere for that matter. Um, that's not in Jordan hair. I, I think some of this needs to come back on Kevin Steele's shoulders. Um, now I know a lot of it is offensive woes. I mean, that's probably our major gripe here, but you can't just say we're going to make the adjustments and in the second half, we're going to shut you down. You got to also do it in the first half decent amount enough to keep us close i mean it easily could have been 14 to 3 at half and you know what that's a different storyline the team auburn goes into that the second half thinking we get the ball let's do this um and it is the what ifs obviously but i do think some of that comes down on kevin Steele running the defense and not allowing those big gash plays that seem to happen in the first half a lot there's becoming a trend, and I love Steele. Steele's probably saved Gus's job, to be honest with you, because they've been so <laughs> they've been so phenomenal over the past few years. Um, but there is there's a little bit of a trend. First half we give up big plays. First half we can't get off the field on third down. Um, I mean, if we could get off the field on third down, I mean, listen, that game that game should have gone the way I thought it was going to go. It should have been twenty to seventeen at the end. Mm-hmm. Because they absolutely destroyed us, and they only got 27. And I'm not trying to take moral victories, but, I mean, they could not have manhandled us any more than they did, and they only had 27. If yep. that game goes the way, get off the field on third down. Um, mm-hmm. You got a guy dead to rights on sacking him. 
sack him or at least make him throw it away. No, instead we miss him and he throws down to the five-yard line. Like that type stuff, I didn't expect that to happen. And so it should have been, I think if we keep it closer, the offense probably finds a way to at least get points. I still think we lose. I predicted it by three. But it would have been more of a, okay, back and forth, back and forth. All right, Georgia wins in the end, 2017. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. think Kevin Steele, does it, there's something going on. Now, give him credit. In the second half, they only gave up three. Did Georgia change much? I don't think they did because, mm-hmm. again, no offense to them. They weren't running any sophisticated offense. They were just no. ramming it down our throat, play action, throwing. I think they kept doing that until the very end of the game. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that – Kirby Smart let off the gas at all. I mean, if you look at what they were doing, maybe the last uh, couple or maybe one or two drives, whenever Dewan Mathis came in there, maybe you let off a little bit and just that say, drive hand absolutely. The ball off. Yeah, I mean, they but, were, yeah. I mean, at that point, the game's in the bag. Um, so just give the backup, you know, him some experience. But up until that point, they were going with the exact same game plan from play one, um, and that that's something that I mean that. I'm glad we were able to stop him in the second half. I mean, it like if we didn't have Kevin Steele who adjusted, it would have been forty to six. And I I I don't even know. I mean, twenty seven to six is not good, but it would have been a lot worse um, by the end of the game. That and that's the one thing you do got to. I don't know how Kevin can fix this in the first half. Same thing with Kentucky. Kentucky was moving up and down the field. Second half, they only have twenty five yards rushing. I don't know what he can do to fix this in the first half, but give him credit because we do not make adjustments on offense very often in the second half, and we do on defense. And he gave a listen. As bad as it was, you couldn't have helped. You couldn't have hoped for anything better than just giving up three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean Georgia. If we started coming back, I'm sure they would have, you know, probably found a way to put more on the board. But listen, all you could ask for him is just listen, man. Keep it even or a three. Don't give up another touchdown. And they didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think they did their job in the second half for sure. And that was even with, I mean, KJ Brett just leaving his heart out on the field for this game and uh, playing essentially, it seemed like half the game being slightly injured. Um, But I mean, so far, just from what we've heard, it sounds like he's just really banged up and um, his left arm looked like he was just not feeling it. But I mean, he played his heart out. He had 12 tackles on the, uh, in the game. I mean, he, he was the, the guy that you needed to rah rah, and I'm glad he came out in the second half. Just hope he didn't <laughs> do anything too bad to make it permanent. Well, I was gonna say if you want, if you're an Auburn fan and you're like, all right, what are some positives I can take away on the defense? Uh, your guy that you love that played fantastic didn't even make the trip. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Jalen Simpson. Sorry, Jalen yeah. Simpson. Okay, he didn't make the trip. He has a hamstring issue. Smoke Monday gets knocked out with a. I won't use that dirty word. I don't even, because I can't stand that call, but he gets knocked out. (laughs) Um, And I really do think that um, I think he would have saved one touchdown because there were two where they got deep. Uh, Now Pickens, who knows? That was a perfectly thrown ball and he dove. Mm -hmm. So who knows? But if they would have been over the top hip, it may not get thrown. And then the other deep one where the guy kind of had to stop to catch it. um, Mm -hmm. I don't think those happen. Um, And who knows? He could have, come up and help fit the run on some plays too that we knew they were running so yeah we were I mean, we kind of had an arm tied behind our back um and uh on defense so there was some reasons some of that happened in the beginning but uh, they did adjust in the second half yeah and, and also another good player that i think we should definitely talk about is our lead lead tackler jamie and sherwood uh 
I, I'm gonna give him the player of the game. If we don't have Jamie out there, uh, he had uh, pretty much just an incredible game of 14 tackles, broke up a couple really, really good passes that honestly most DBs probably don't break up, and one of them was probably a touchdown. Um, but yet he got his hand on it, and and you're thinking, all right, this this guy. You may not have heard too much about Jamie Sherwood, but that's another guy to keep your eye on because he's playing well and he stepped up when uh, the guys around him in, in the secondary were just they they were getting thinner and thinner by the minute. Um, so, I mean, that's another good good one. Um, I do think, like you said, I think the thing to hold on to is they did make adjustments, only three points in the second half, and that's something good defense did. Um, one other thing that I think we definitely need to talk about before we move on to special teams is uh, Tank Bigsby. Mm-hmm. I don't think he um, probably, at least from the Auburn fan perspective, got enough credit, or at least I didn't see enough. Maybe, maybe he did, but if you look at him, he was fighting till the last play. Um, he had eight carries for thirty-one yards. Not incredible, but. We didn't also want to. We didn't run the ball all that much. But where he came in big was in his catches. He had seven catches for sixty-eight yards, so almost ten yards of play. And then if you kind of average that out, it's about six and a half yards per touch. If you got a guy that's averaging six and a half yards every time you get the ball in his hands, that's an efficient player. And some of those were just he grinded it out and pushed through any defenders. Um, to get that little extra push to get to the first down line a lot of times. And, uh, I mean, I think he, on the offense, he deserves uh, probably from the offensive side, the offensive player of the game. Um, so, I mean, do you think we were even close to staying with, uh, to scoring any touchdowns if we don't even have Tank? No, sadly enough, I, I would hate to, <laughs> I don't know how it could get worse, but I would hate to have seen that. Uh, stat line without tank tank i mean even if the guy would not have put up good numbers for himself he he was he left it all on the field i mean even bo nick said i think in a press conference they asked him and, and bo said we all got to start f- playing like tank i right. mean tank's a true freshman yeah. and bo's saying we need to all start playing more like tank listen that guy i mean uh, I don't. I, listen, I know the game was terrible, but let's think, let's try to look at some positives here. Tank Bisbee's a gamer. I mean, oh yeah. And I think if we get any kind of O line where he can run the ball, but he absolutely needs to be a part of the passing game now. Mm-hmm. And we need to start. We probably need to start looking at New Orleans and how they use Kamara and uh, the Chiefs and how they use Edwards Elair and how these pro teams use these running backs in the passing game because, I mean, that dude's got some hands. Yeah, I mean, and there was even, I think, one potential catch where I was thinking he caught it, but, oh, yeah, it was a wheel route. He caught it out of bounds one-handed. It was very similar to that Seth Williams catch where he caught it one-handed, but he caught it out of bounds, so it didn't count for anything. But I was thinking, wow. I mean, he's got hands like a five-star wide receiver at this point, and he's our running back that can do – he can run yeah. up the gut, and he can go out for a pass. I mean, you got a great mixture for him. Well, and he's six feet tall. I mean, I, you know, it's not a giant, but, I mean, six feet for a running back, that's a pretty big target, too. 
Mm-hmm. I, you got to find a way to get him in the in the involved in the pass game because that's just another weapon that they have to worry about. Linebackers have to worry about. Now you worry about him. Boom! You bring Swartz in behind on the slant, and there's open space there. And I mean, listen, I play too much PlayStation, so I'm making it real simple here. But you add another weapon like that, you send him out in motion. They have to worry about him. That just opens up so much more. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at this one stat that I found. 45 of offensive production came from Tank Bigsby in this game. That's not good for Auburn, but that's good for him. No, I agree. It's not good for Auburn. I mean, that just means the next team's probably going to just focus in on Tank Bigsby and Seth Williams, and then that's all they need to do. But if you spread the ball out, which I think they've done before in the past, I mean, then we'll be fine. But – uh, big props to Tank. I mean, he made it happen. I mean, um, and, and a lot of those, like I said, were after tackle or after contact, um, and he was he was going after it. Let um, me what what um, you know we talked about our preseason predictions and we were talking about how we were going to wind up and we kept saying this is if Bo progresses, um, you know, and the floor is if Bo doesn't at least get worse. I mean, after two games, what do you? think? think will happen with Bo by the end of the year um good question because I I do think Bo showed in the first game improvement especially intermediate passing he was accurate um with those and he seems to get the ball out to the running backs or whoever's like a shorts out of the backfield pretty quick uh I still think he's got some room to grow in the long pass game he's still juicing the ball a little too much and throwing those guys I mean, I, I do think he's getting better, but it's uh, the first game seemed to be pretty good. Georgia reminded me a lot of uh, not necessarily against Florida last year, but something like it where he just seemed rattled to some extent and just didn't play play his best game, which we know he's capable of. Um, what, what do you think about it? I mean, where do you put Bo at the end of the season? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I thought after the uh, uh, Kentucky game, I was with you. I was like, all right, look, I saw some progression. Everything looked good, but he still rolled out of the pocket a little too soon. Even in Kentucky, a few plays, he really did that at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like a play where he, it was almost like they told him to stay in there. So he stayed in when there was no pocket and he basically just right. ran into the O-line. So it was almost like he doesn't know when to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my fear is if Bo Nix doesn't pan out, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom if he like what do we do i mean he's about as surefire a guy coming in five star depending on the rankings most of them five star a coach's kid came in with the moxie and if he comes in and doesn't pan out i just don't know where you go man i really yeah. don't um and i don't want to look that's a long ways down the line um but you see some things that are like all right that's got to get cleaned up if we want to get to where we think we should be yeah and the one good thing that i I know that Bo does really well as he takes ownership of oh, his bad absolutely his bad throws, his bad decisions. And because of that, he's gonna say to himself and his team, I messed up. And he did it in the press conference, for goodness sake. He said a lot of this falls on my shoulders. This is nothing about his character, his yeah. ability. I think Bo has fantastic ability. And I don't know what the missing link is. And it may not be. I mean, we may not lose another game the rest of the year. Nothing about Bo is his character. I think he's a great kid. And I think he's a fantastic talent. I, my fear is 
I know you are a little more positive. I sometimes go negative. My fear is like, if this doesn't work out with Bo, when it's about as sure thing as it could be, I don't know what you do, but, um, but we got time to figure that out. And he does have a ton of talent. I will say, I think sometimes he, he, uh, he relies on that. He throws a lot, like some sidearm and just kind of slings it without getting his feet set. Cause mm-hmm. he can, yeah. Um, me and you would probably take, <laughs> we have to get our feet and, uh, you know, somebody to push us, but <laughs> He can just sling it. So, yeah. you know, he needs to realize while that's he can do that, let's make sure we're setting our feet because I think that'll help on some of those deep throws. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's got plenty of things to work on, but we still have to remember he is a true sophomore. I agree. Um, and based on that, he's only played one season and two games now. And this is this 15-game kind of sample size is kind of what you're more or less looking at to see where is he at, and where do we think by the end of this uh, ten game season? Where do we think he's going to be? And I I do hope, and I and I know that we're going to work on those things. I mean, it's not just oh, let's just kind of play with what we got. No, Bo's going to improve, uh, and I'm hoping in these next few games uh, we can definitely get going with some of those things that we definitely did really good in Kentucky, like the intermediate passing game. And potentially get some run game going to help assist Bo Nix. Um, because, I mean, right now we're just throwing a lot on Bo. I mean, he threw 41 yeah, times. That's true. Uh, he should not have to throw 41 times. I agree. It's not on Bo. It's, it's, yes, it's not all on Bo. I think that the times that his, his number's called, you see some trends now with that many games being played. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also see some good things. I mean, I you know, nothing went right except for Tank at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Seth drops a touchdown pass that Seth doesn't mm-hmm. usually drop. And, I mean, he yeah. uh, listen, that wasn't an easy catch. But, you know, you do that and things – it's Shedrick Jackson. I think you mentioned before we got on here, it was like seven drops. I mean, it was – Right. You know, he didn't get any help. I mean, his adjusted pass average was probably closer to what we expect, 60 65% out of Bonex. But it was closer to 50% because of all the drop passes. That Yeah. I mean, it's just – when one thing doesn't start clicking, like the pass game, and or the run game for that matter, it just seems to kind of domino sometimes. Balls, yeah. And sometimes you just need to stop those dominoes from falling. Um, and, and sometimes we, we figured out something. And one of those things was J.J. Pegues with Wildcat quarterback. <laughs> that seemed to be pretty effective. I mean, you'd throw a 300-pound guy and say – Line up five yards behind the the line of scrimmage and run straight ahead. I'm not going to uh, try to tackle him. I don't think most people can tackle that guy. Nah. <laughs> the only way you do that is if you get through the like somebody literally totally misses a block, right? And they chop his legs out. But if he's if he gets to the line, yep. he's going to get a yard. I mean, there's no yeah. you can't stop that. Though, I mean, JJ, even though he's a huge guy, you can tell he he could probably juke somebody out. And I just can't wait to see when that happens, especially if we, like we did, I think once this game, we had a, a little wheel route kind of thing for him or screen or something. I can't remember, honestly, now. It was and a wheel route. It was a wheel route. Okay. And he goes out and I was like, dude, got what? He's out yeah. there. What? Um, and and I he reached thinking, out for it. He probably got targeted on too. I mean, right. I, I can't believe they didn't review it. But yeah, he reached out. He dove. I mean, he was, and that's a that's one you know, Bo could have hit him better. But yeah, as far as Pagee, he looked. You're right. He looked very agile for a guy that size. Yeah, and so I think that's another thing that we did figure out this game is 
all right, we got our wildcat quarterback, and he can get that one tough yard that is third and one, fourth and one. I say put J.J. in there. Give him the ball. And, uh, I mean, I, I think we got a good winning formula there. Um, let's talk about special teams and then kind of round this discussion out. Um, <laughs> this was kind of like the same thing of offense, defense. There were some bright points, but there weren't a whole lot. I mean, special teams, the only two bright points I saw were the two field goals that Anders kicked, the 20-yard and I think 45-yarder. Besides that, I mean, maybe Aiden Marshall averaging 45 yards a punt, but, I mean, what 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 do you what did you kind of get out of our special teams this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I there somebody had two pretty bad punts, and I I think that might have been Oscar. Um, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aiden, if if he had a 40 and a 50 yarder, I think he's got to be the guy. So that I mean, you know, it was good to see Anders make those field goals. I mean, I was sitting there nervous, and I'm like, why? I mean, this isn't going to affect the game. But, you know, you want to get points on the board. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get shut out. Um, yep. And there was a time period where you're like, all right, that got it. we're still 21 down. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but it kind of kept us in a little bit longer, I guess, so to speak. So, I, you know, some people were knocking Tank for running so many of those out. I'm not so sure they were, he wasn't told to do that. Like, look, we need a spark somewhere, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe maybe we catch a crease, you know? Yeah. So, I don't have a no, problem with that. I was I was kind of thinking the same thing as far as kick returns. I, I think when you got to the point of this is uh, we're down so much, and if that means he gets to the 35, 40, 50-yard line on a kickoff return once, that gets the offense uh, that many less yards to have to, to go to score a touchdown. Yeah, I think we proved we were not going to go 75 yards on that defense. So getting yeah. it at the 25 by fair catching, it was not going to help us. So I have no problem right. with him, you know. And I also saw people knock him. There was a – he made a ridiculous – I think it was a catch. And, you know, he got – it was like third and like 11 or something. And he ran out of bounds at the 10 with 10, so we had to go for it. Mm-hmm. He's young. We got to remember the kid's young and, you know – He's gonna he's gonna pick up on that. They were saying basically lower your shoulder, get the first down. Um, right. But I mean, he's a true freshman playing, you know, one of the best teams in the country. So yeah. he's gonna get better. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Jared, anything else? Any other observations from this game? No, not really. I just want to forget about it and uh, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we mentioned, there are some little things that we. I feel like it's one of those. It is early in the season. And this is that you've got essentially eight games left to correct a lot of these issues. Um, and we better figure some of them out or else we're going to have issues later in the season, especially. Um, and I, I really hope that we kind of sit back this week, look at what we did wrong and say, we're going to correct a lot of these going into Arkansas the next week. Um, and I, I really am going to look for a lot of those, um, see how we do against Arkansas because Arkansas has got a pretty good D. Which, in our previous show, come back a little bit later this week and uh, we'll talk about some of what we think the Arkansas game is going to be like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I want to see a lot of improvement for sure. I mean, this leaves me wanting a lot more, um, but it also gives me hope. You got guys like Tank Bigsby that will step up, and more guys got to be like Tank Bigsby, like Bird said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, just find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, uh, Jared Davis. 
And you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?